1 Kings 17, 8, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, and get thee down to Seraphat, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there, woman there to sustain thee. So he rose and went to Seraphat, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to the, fetch it, he called to her and bring, uh, said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and out to make thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the crew of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We just ask you to touch our hearts, lift us up, and encourage us. Help us to be what we need to be, Father. And we just praise for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. If you read the first part of chapter 17, I didn't read that, but you find that Isaiah, I mean Elijah, is by the brook of Cherith. And the Lord led him there. And the Bible said that the ravens came in the morning, fed him flesh and bread, and the ravens came in the evening, fed him flesh and bread. Here he is by the brook, and he's sitting on the side of the brook, and he's dangling his feet in the water. And he's being taken care of. Everything's going his way. He doesn't have a care in the world. And he doesn't even care what the world is going through. Elijah's just doing what he's doing. But then God caused the brook to dry up because there was no rain. Lord spoke to Elijah and told him, get up and go to Seraphat. There a widow woman will take care of you. So what i like to preach this morning on this thought. She said, I have but a handful of meal and a little oil and a cruise. And I'm going to bake a cake. My son and I are going to eat and then we're just going to die. i like to preach on this morning, what can you find at the bottom of the barrel? What can you find at the bottom of the barrel? Mark this down. Don't ever forget it. When you reach the end of your capability, you have just tapped into the beginning of God's capability. You'll never be able to draw from the top of God's barrel until you reach the bottom of your barrel. Amen. We find Elijah comes to this place called Seraphat. That's interesting to me. Uh, Seraphat is about eight miles north of this city where, where Jezebel hometown is. Seraphat is a place, uh, the, name, the word it literally means refinery. And what they do there at Seraphat, they build and mold the f- images of these false gods uh, that all these people around here worship him. So this place is nothing but a false imaging place and and the devil is there. They're doing it. This is a bad place. 
But I find that the only way you can make gold sparkle and shine, it must be refined. It must get all the impurities out of it. And that's what's happening in these people's lives. Their lives are being refined. They're going through a refinery in their life. And somehow God brings this preacher man and this widow woman together. They cross places. And she's an unnamed woman. He's never mentioned her name. And she crosses paths with one of the most famous preachers in the Bible. But God put them in the same place at the same time. And what is God doing with both of these people at this time? He's refining both of them. What's God doing in this process? He's getting the best of them out of them. You may be sitting here this morning and say, God has brought me my life into surfat, uh, and God has brought my life into a place of refinery trials, of fiery trials, uh, a place where it seems like I'm, I'm just scraping the bottom of the barrel. What is God doing in my life? Maybe God's just refining you. God can never refine an individual that He does not take down to the bottom first. He puts their lives to, into the bottom. He, he, let's just be honest this morning. I don't like it no more than you. If I had my way and God asked my opinion on how he should treat me, I'd just say like this. Every day would be peaches and cream and full of butter pecan ice cream. I would never hit another red light. My car would never ever have to run out of gas. If God just asked me on how he should treat me and make my life better. You have to be honest. You would think the same thing. I don't want trials in my life. I don't want heartaches in my life. I don't want sorrow in my life. But God brings us to a place of refinery to make us better. Can I say God knows better than I do? God looks at my life and says, I cannot make your life better by constantly giving you everything you want. But, while the, but the way that God makes us better, I'm going to put you in a seraphat. I'm going to bring in some, you to the places where you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. A place where the fire is hot. It, it seems to me that there's no hope, no way out. And what I'm going to do in that fire and in your life I'm going to make it better. Let me show you some things before I get to the message on this, and I love this. I got to look at this story, and I really fell in love with this story more and more. Look at the place in her life where she's at. If you read verse 9, a widow, widow woman, a widow woman. Verse 10 is a widow woman. He tells Elijah over and over she is in a rough place in life, especially in the day in which she's living in. There is no government help. Uh, there's no one to help her out. Uh, she can't go to the next door neighbors. Uh, she don't have a mare to run to. Uh, she's in a rough place in her life. There's no one to take care of her. She's not even married. There's not a husband that can take care of her. 
And she isn't, doesn't even live in the land of Israel. She's in a bad spot. And not only that, she's got a child that she has to take care of. And right in the middle of this famine in the land, it's a bad place in her life. We've been in that place. We've been in a bad place in our lives before. We've been in a place where we didn't think there was any hope, no help. But we're here this morning. It's also a bad location where she's at. She's in the region of Sidon and a town called Seraphat. You say, what does that mean? First, it means she's a Gentile. Having no hope without God, without His Word, without His Son. She's in a place where pagan gods run the rule. They worship Baal. And here God got in her life and God is going to bring Elijah's life right under her nose and of the devil. And right in the middle of a bad location, God brings these two together. See the problems in her life, verse 12. She said, as the Lord liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. I'm gathering two sticks. I have a handful of meal and a few drops of oil. She's got problems. She's at the bottom of her barrel. You might have come in here this morning and said, Preacher, that's where I'm at in my life. I'm at the bottom emotionally. I'm at the bottom uh, financially. I'm at the bottom of just trying to walk with God. I've got problems. I feel like I'm at the end. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. Preacher, I'm at the bottom this morning. That may be where you're at this morning. We see her problem. We see her place in life. Then we see the plan in her life. Verse 12, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. That, that's her plan. That's her plan. I'm going to eat this and then I'm just going to give up. That's the last thing I'm going to do. Before I absolutely give up, you might walk in here this morning saying, Preacher, this is my plan. I showed up in here this morning just to let you know I'm giving up. I'm throwing the towel in. I'm walking away. I'm not coming back. I'm at the bottom of my barrel. My head's at wind. I don't know what to do. So I'm just absolutely just going to give up this morning. I'm tired of church. I'm tired of the Bible. I'm tired of preaching. And it seems like my problems get deeper and deeper. I keep getting lower and lower. Now I feel like I got to the end that I'm just going to give up this morning. Can I say this? When hope is all gone, help is on the way. When hope is all gone, help is on the way. 
This woman thought there was no hope for her in her situation. God already had dispatched. God had already dispatched the answer for her. God had already sent help for her. Somebody was heading her way to meet her exact need that she needed. I'm glad we serve a God that is on time all the time. He's never a day late. He's never a dollar short. I don't know about you, what you need in your life this morning, but I know I serve a God that can meet your need this morning. He's not a day behind you. He shows up when He shows up and where He wants to and what He does, what He wants to do. He knows what you're going through this morning and He knows where you're at this morning. And you may be at the bottom of your barrel. You may be scraping the things of life and you're about to the situation of just giving up and walking away. But I'm telling you, help is on the way this morning. Don't give up. Don't give up. Three things that I find at the bottom of this barrel. I want you to grab a hold of. Three things. First of all, the message. There's a message at the bottom of this barrel. There's a message. Verse number 8 and 9, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee down to Seraphat, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. We find that God is taking, talking to this preacher Elijah, but also God has been talking to this Gentile woman there in Seraphat. He said, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. In other words, God has been talking to Elijah and God has been talking to this widow woman. That's interesting. Is that, did you not get this? Seraphat, the refinery, the place where they make pagan gods, idols, and worship pagan gods. God is talking to this woman in this place where the devil is all around. But yet God is able to reach down and speak to this woman that's a Gentile and she's living in an ungodly city. But yet God was able to reach down and where she was at and speak to her. So that tells me it doesn't matter where you at or what you're going through. God will speak to you. God will answer your prayer. You call on God and God will answer it. There is a message at the bottom of this barrel. I, I figure it like this way. The woman had gotten to the bottom of the barrel and she realized this. These gods around here are not helping me at all. <laughs> I, I'm around them all the time. They know where I'm at, but yet they haven't provided for me. I, I, I don't understand this. We, we, we have all these gods here and I'm still going through what I'm going through. There must be a better way. There must be some God out there that will hear my cry and answer my plead. God showed up. God showed up. He may be good for those in the palace. Listen to me. You may, 
You may worship false gods. You say, well, I don't worship false gods. Some of us in here worship money. Some of us in here worship our homes. Our beautiful cars. We worship false gods. And maybe she is thinking, hey, these gods may be good for those in the palace, the kings and all those. These gods may be good for those who don't need anything. They got money, but I'm not in the palace. I am broke. I'm about to die. I need some help. God heard that cry. God answered that cry. Then he tells Elijah, get yourself up. You've been sitting by that brook too long, having it too easy, being fed in the morning, being fed at night. You just, you just got it made, Elijah. Yeah, I got it made. I ain't got a care in the world. Don't care about anybody. I'm here by myself, ain't got no problems. I don't care about anything. All of a sudden the brook dries up. Well, man, I got problems now. I don't know how I'm going to live without the ravens feeding me every day. I don't know how I'm going to live without this brook drying up. By that time, God says, I, I, I have commanded a, a widow woman to sustain thee. I imagine Elijah, a widow woman to sustain me. She must got a lot of, she's got it all. I'm just going to go down there. I'm not going to worry. Certainly it's got to be better than sitting in the brook with no water. Certainly it's better than the ravens feeding me every day. Certainly I'm going to go there because God has commanded this woman to sing me. Amen. But he walks down the road. And he gets to where she lives at. She says, I need God to come to my house. I, I need a God that will just come to someone who's poor. Not just to someone who's rich or king. I need a God that will listen to me. To the down and out. I need a God that can answer and do something for me. She got her message at the bottom of the barrel because she got desperate. Listen to me. When you get desperate in this time and age and you broken down, you scrape bottom, you know where to go. Call on God. Some of you sitting here this morning resenting the fact that God has put you in seraphat. God has put you in that place of refinery. You're resenting the fact that God is making you scrape the bottom of the barrel. But I can say this, what I find that when God does this, He does, He gets us in a position where we will listen to Him. If this woman had a full barrel and a full cruise of oil, she had never called on God. Amen. Come on now. Y'all be honest with me. Help me this morning. If you've got everything in your life that you want, uh, everything that you need, uh, everything's given to you, there's no wants in your life, you'll never call on God. Never. 
But this woman wasn't like that. She was about to give up and die. She was desperate. She was needing something. And God came to her. She would have never listened to the message of God. Why would she? She don't, she don't need anything. That's the same way we are. We don't need nothing. We don't call on God. But when God gets you to the bottom, listen to me. When God gets you to the bottom of the barrel and you get so desperate, that's when God says, listen up now. And that's when you start listening to what God tells you to do. Seems like when everything's going right in our life, we go around saying, I've got this. Because there's going to come a time in your life you're going to say, I ain't got this no more. I don't have this no more. She didn't have it anymore. The gathering sticks to die. But when God gets us down to the bottom of the barrel, we start saying, Lord, speak. I need a word from you, God. And if it takes God putting me at the bottom of the barrel... So be it. I'll be able to hear him. Is what he's got to say. Mark this down. He will put you at the bottom of the barrel this morning. Jonah was already. He wasn't ready to listen to God. He wasn't ready to do what God said. So God had to send him to the bottom of the sea in the belly of a well. And when God got him there, when God got him there, it said, and the word of the Lord came to him the second time. He was ready to listen. He was ready to listen. I, I find that the prodigal son, when he said, I, I want what belongs to me. I don't want to listen to the father. And then when he got in the far country, he wasted all that he had. He had nothing. And he found himself in the hall pen. That's when he started listening to God. So I go back to my father's house. There, the servants have it better than I do. He said, I, I'm ready to listen. I, I find Saul was not ready to listen to the preaching of the gospel until God knocked him off a horse on the road to Damascus. When he knocked him down, he said, Lord, I'm ready to listen to you. I find that King Nebuchadnezzar thought he was a hot shot, thought he was something. He wasn't ready to listen to what God says, so God caused him to go out in the fields for years, graze like an animal, eat the grass. And then God brought him back. Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm ready to listen. God will take you to a place in your life that you just think you're all right, think you're good, and think everything's going your way, but God will bring you to the bottom of the barrel to get you to a place where you'll listen to what he's got to say. You ought to start listening to what God says. Maybe if we start listening to God more, we won't get to the places that we get. Instead of the bottom, you ought to be turning to God and say, God, I'm, I'm ready to listen to you. Speak to me. I need a word from you this morning. You, you say, I don't know what it's like. You don't think this woman liked what God said? 
God tells her there's a preacher coming. And when he shows up, I want you to feed him. Lord, all I got is a handful of meal and a little cruise oil. How am I going to feed him and me and my son? How am I going to do that, Lord? I can't do that. You know me. You know what I've got. You see me. God didn't say I, I see all your stuff. But He said, I want you to feed him. And you find that when he... Do y'all read that? When we read that, did y'all see that when Elijah said... Give me something to drink. And as she turned around, he says, oh, bring me something to eat. Did you catch that? She didn't turn around and says, I ain't got nothing, buddy. I ain't got nothing for you. There ain't nothing in the house for you. I can't, I can't give it to you. She didn't say that. She went in and done. Made him a cake. Because God had already commanded her God had already told her, the preacher is coming, and when he gets there, I want you to feed him. There's the message. Hey, you may think you're going through all these problems and trials and think God don't know her yet, but God's got something in every one of them for you. Sometimes you may think, think what the Lord tells you is crazy. But I've learned to just listen and do what he tells me to do. It'll work out for His glory if you do. Say, so what can I find at the bottom of my barrel, preacher? With all that i got going on in my life, you're in the right spot. You can listen. Do you know how many of these people come to know the Lord as their Savior? Not on the mountaintops. If that took every time us to have a mountaintop experience to get us right with God, we wouldn't be right. They got born again when life took them to the bottom of the barrel. What happens when you hit the bottom? They got to a place where all their friends left them, the buddies left them, they didn't have no more fun, they didn't have any more money, everything was taken away. When you get to the place of refinement where God has stripped you of everything in your barrel, I find that's when God gets you all by yourself. And that's when He steps in and gets in with you in your barrel. I'm glad to tell you this morning, if you're at the bottom of the barrel this morning, you don't know which way is in, which way is out. You're not there by yourself. God brought you to that place to get into the barrel with you this morning. Just start listening to Him. And He'll show up right in the middle of it. Amen. But there, there's a message at the bottom of this barrel. There is a ministry at the bottom of this barrel. God has got a ministry for Elijah. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say about this ministry part this morning. Elijah, in the early part of this chapter, was sitting at fat, happy, and dumb. Sitting by the water, being fed morning and night. 
but he didn't realize the rest of the world was hurting. He didn't realize the lost people that were hurting. This woman needed somebody to help her. And God comes to him and said, I'm going to let the brook dry up. So I'm going to send you to this widow woman. She needs somebody. If it was good by the brook, it certainly is going to be good by this widow woman. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. If you're not willing to help those... <laughs> if you're not willing to help those that's at the bottom of the barrel, you'll never be used by God. If you're not willing to help those that are down and at the bottom and they see no way out, they have been defeated and crushed, if you'd only help those that are full and fat, they only have something to offer you, you'll never be used by God. This woman had nothing to offer Elijah. But when God sends you to somebody that cannot give you help back, that cannot help you back, has nothing to offer you, sometimes we look at them and say, I don't want to help those people, but we're willing to help those that got the money. We're willing to help those that can help us. But God says, there are people in this world at the bottom of the barrel, they're scraping, and they need help. If you're not willing to help, God cannot use you in the ministry. God will not use you in the ministry if you're not willing to go where God tells you to go. You say, I'm not called to be a pastor. Who said you had to preach to be a minister? Everybody ought to have a desire to help. If they're saved by the grace of God, everybody wants to be an Elijah. When we stand on the mountaintop, everybody likes that. Lord, I want to be Elijah. When he's standing on top of Mount Carmel and he prayed that little prayer and the fire came down and killed all those false prophets and everything. That's the kind of Elijah I want to be. That's what I want to be. But if you keep reading second verse, Kings, we find Elijah was talking to himself. Not only was he talking to himself, he started answering himself. <laughs> it's not a good place to be. And the only reason he got there because he listened to a man and a woman. He had seen the power of God. The hand of God was on him. And yet now he's in a cave, scared. That's when he can listen to God. We don't listen to God on the mountaintops. You on that mountaintop today, you, you're probably sitting here, I wish you'd hurry up, shut up, so I'm going to eat my steak. If you're down in that bottom, you're down in that barrel down there scraping the bottom, you don't know, I don't know how tomorrow, I don't know how I'm going to pay this this week. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. And I, I, I'm just, I'm about fed up. But I'm telling you, you're at the bottom. There is help. That are the, that's the people that we should be looking for. Those that need help. And, I, and, I, and let me confess, 
let me confess. I understand I'm in a room full of perfect Christians, and they make no mistake, but you've got a pastor just nothing but flesh, and I make mistakes. I fall short on this. There are times God has put people in my life, and I knew they needed something, and I walked by. I wouldn't say a thing. I didn't tell them what God could do for them. Where He's brought me, He could bring you. I, I see they're, they're, they're in need of help and, and they're in need of something, but yet I, I walk by and I have to be ashamed of that. See, we're too busy wanting to help those who can help us. We need to learn that, you know, I've already been helped. I've been helped by God. I'm just trying to give them to where I was at. I've been at the bottom of the barrel. I scraped the bottom of the barrel. And I call on God. We need to tell those that are hurting. The, the ministry is that we should be out telling the world about Jesus Christ. I, I, somebody once said this, and I can't remember his name, but it's been years ago. And I, I love it because he says, if you're preaching to hurting people, you'll always have a crowd to preach to. Because we're all hurting. We're all hurting. If, if you're preaching to hurting people, you'll always have a crowd to preach to. But if you're preaching to those that don't need anything, that don't have everything given, they just got all they want, they don't need you. We got too many preachers today that are preached just because he makes a lot of money. And the people are not hurting. I love preaching to hurting people because I know that I'm a hurting person and they need help too. Don't miss this. We focus on the fact that God dried our brooks up. God messed up my bread and flesh. Mark this down. It wasn't your brook to begin with. God gave it to you. And if God decided to drive the brook up, that's God's business. You just keep walking to where God tells you to go. Christians so obsessed with I've lost this, I've lost that. Look what God has taken away from me. We need to just look around and see there's some that's worse off than we are. And you don't have to go far. There are some people out there that need help this morning. There's some people sitting here this morning that needs help. I believe each and every one of us can use some help this morning. Amen? Amen. We see the message. We see the ministry. What do people need that are at the bottom of the barrel? They need someone to come along like verse 12 says. And he said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal and barrel and a little oil and cruise. And behold, I've gathered two sticks that I may go and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. 
What did God need us for the ministry to do? For the people that are at the bottom of the barrel, what does God need for us to do that people that just are down and out? He needs, he needs us to do like verse 13. Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Those at the bottom of the barrel don't know what to do. Not ready to give up. Throw the tile in. God says we ought to come by and say, Hey, fear not. God's got this. You may think it's a time to give up. You may think it's time to throw in a towel. But I'm telling you, it ain't time to quit. There's a God that sent me by with a word of hope and a word of encouragement to tell you this is not the last day. There will be another day. There will be another meal. God needs some people to tell hurting people, fear not. Fear not. There is a God in heaven big enough to handle your problems. He's big enough to fight your enemies. He's big enough to uh, put more meal in your barrel, more oil in your cruise. He's big enough to put your family back together. He's big enough to uh, dry your tears. He's big enough to put your mind back right. There is a God that says, fear not this morning. There's enough depression and discouragement going around for everybody this morning. And we need preachers that can say, give some hope. Fear not. Fear not. The message, the ministry. There's a miracle. Verse 14. For thus the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, and neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord seemeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and, she, and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. We never read in here that she had a full barrel. You, you don't read that when God gave this, and God said that, that when she went to the barrel, it was full. She went and got a handful out, took that little few drops of oil, made the cakes that day, and when she went back the next day, she reached in, grabbed another handful, and there's some more oil in the cruise, and the next day, she went back and grabbed a little bit more handful out of the barrel. Never read that the barrel was full or the cruise was full. We just read every time she went, she got a handful. Every time she went back to that barrel, she got exactly what she needed. Let me tell you this, when you're at the bottom of your barrel, when you can't figure out what to do, just keep going, just keep reaching down. God says, I've got an answer for you. Amen. There's an answer. The woman's in Seraphat, the place of refinery, in the land of Sidon. And I told you, it's only eight miles north of Jezebel's hometown. Where's the bird of worship false idols? I imagine she probably was thinking God can't do anything in this town. 
The devil's done it all. The devil's in this region. This is the devil's playhouse. And he runs the shows in this part. Well, he used to. Till God decided he wanted to do something right under the devil's nose. You may walk in here this morning and say, the devil has been all over me this week. He's been all over my family. He's been all over my life. And there's no way out. I don't see no way out. Can, de- can God do anything around this, what the devil's doing in my life? But I'm glad to tell you, when you get to the bottom of the barrel, there's a God that can step in into the devil's territory. There's a God that can walk into where the devil owns. And he can start doing things. And he can start pulling miracles out of the barrel. Right in the backyard of the devil. You see, preacher, I'm at the bottom of my barrel. You're a good candidate for God to walk right in the middle of it with you. Right in the middle of your refinery. And flex his muscles Right in the face of the devil and tell the devil you ain't got this one. You say, preacher, I'm like her. I don't have anything for God. I don't got anything for God to work with this morning. Handful of meal and a little oil. What was she gathering? What was she gathering? How many? How many? How many sticks did she gather? God can't do anything with two sticks. God can't do anything with two sticks. God took two sticks and made a cross and put His Son on that cross that He died for you and I and He shed His blood. That's what two sticks can do for you and I. God knew exactly what He's doing. The devil may think he's running the show, but God says, i got something for you. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil. God put a handful in them back in every day. And God will put a handful back in you every day. You just can't throw in the towel. Even the barrel looks empty. Reach in. Because God's in there. Don't give up. Because God's in the barrel waiting for you to get there. We see the message. We see the ministry. We see the miracle of God. You may be at your bottom of your barrel this morning. You may be, I don't know which way to turn. I don't know which way to go. I'm about ready to give up. I'm about ready to throw in a towel. I just can't take it no more. The devil's been on me. He's been on my family. He's trying to tear everything up. God says, fear not. And I'm here to tell you this morning, fear not. It may be only a handful. Can I say this? See, we, we, like, we like things a lot. You know, we want a 12-ounce steak, 16-ounce steak. We don't want a little bitty old square thing. We want it all. 
We, we would love to see the barrel full all the time. Because you know, when you see the barrel full, you can walk by and say, yeah, i got plenty for tomorrow. Every time you walk by, say, yeah, i got plenty for tomorrow. But when the barrel is empty and you're at the bottom and you walk by and you don't know, you're just going to have to have by faith and trust that God says, I'll sustain thee. And then you have to reach down in at the bottom of the barrel and pull it up. God sustains you on what God says you need. You don't need steak every meal. Amen. I'd like to get one, but amen. You don't need it. <laughs> and he said, I'll give you exactly what you need. Amen. Let us stand this morning.